Welcome to the Rep It Up Podcast, featuring award-winning trainer and sales strategist, Corey Angelin. Welcome to the Rep It Up Podcast. So excited today because we have a good friend of mine. We go way back, Mario Tarquinio. How are you doing? I'm good, Corey. How are you doing today? Good. You're calling us from the great state of what today? That'd be Texas. I'm in uh, uh, the Dallas, Texas suburbs. Well, I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan, even though I'm from New York. So I appreciate that, Mario. How's Texas doing? Texas is good. Uh, we're full swing summer. Um, you know, we also, jeez, uh, it's been 30 days since we've gotten to reopen health clubs. So um, that's great, uh, yeah. specifically for, you know, business and, and just personally uh, being a health club advocate myself. Yeah, and what I'd love to talk about today is just the state of group fitness itself, because group fitness is yeah. is so near and dear to my heart, um, not only as a trainer, but um, having worked for, you know, many companies and having been a group fitness instructor myself. A little background on you first, um, and then we could kind of go into what do you do now for Les Mills, which is one of the largest group fitness companies in the world, so it's a global company. What did you do prior to Les Mills, and then walk us through how you got into Les Mills and what you do for them? Yeah, uh, I'll do the, the short version for you, Corey. Um, <laughs> simple. Uh, I've been an operator in the fitness industry for the last decade, you know, starting out in roles as uh, you know general manager, uh, moving into multi-unit management roles, such as uh, general uh, district manager, uh, and then finally ending my operational career as a VP uh, for a regional company. Uh, I worked for three different organizations during that decade, um, you know, two regional locations, um, you know, over 10 facilities and one national brand. Uh, being Gold's Gym uh, International. So really some great exposure across the board. Uh, also got to work in a few different segments. So obviously that mid-level segment with uh, Gold's Gym and then obviously some more of the original HVLP uh, in my early years uh, in the DC market. And then finally wrapping up here with the regional HVLP in the new HVLP terms uh, of 2020. Um, and then obviously I've had the pleasure of partnering with Les Mills uh, inside of all those organizations. So big fan of group exercise. Uh, I organically found the power of it selling memberships uh, in my first 30 days <laughs> and realizing uh, what the, the power referrals look like for your paycheck uh, and how they come from group exercise. So, you know, for me, it was just a natural understanding of that in operational space. And like I said, being a partner of, of Les Mills uh, and being a fan of them, you know, having the opportunity to come aboard just over a year ago, I obviously jumped on that opportunity and, and what I serve for them now uh, is I'm currently the director of business development for the West coast of uh, the United States. Yeah. So it's interesting. You mentioned gold gym, obviously gold gym is in the news a lot now. What are your thoughts on just what's happening with gold gym specifically? And then what are your thoughts on, on what's happening to big box versus more of like that boutique space? Yeah, obviously, I'm, I'm, a, I'm still a, a diehard fan of that brand. I remember growing up as a kid, uh, you know, that was the gym and oh, yeah. getting to work there uh, and have that that weight plate symbol on my chest. I was always, I was always proud of that. Um, so I'm, I'm a fan of the brand. Uh, I'll be a lifelong fan of the brand. It's tough to see it, right? Um, it's tough to see, you know, what something like this has done to our industry, the industry that I've kind of, I'd say, grown up in really, you know, over a decade of my life, uh, professional life uh, in it. Um, you know, but I know that what they've done and their leadership there with Adam at the helm is they're doing the things they need to do to to not only survive, but to be stronger than ever. Uh, and they're evolving their brand. Um, and I think that that's going to be a good thing. Ultimately, yes, a lossage of, you know, some clubs this year. But I think ultimately, you look 24, 36 months down the road, I think that that brand's going to be stronger than ever. 
Uh, and I say that for hopefully all brands uh, that they position themselves and do the things they need to do during this time to, you know, come out of here, uh, reinvent themselves, re-evolve themselves. Um, Cause obviously we know the industry has forced us to do that and, and be stronger than ever moving forward. So I think there'll be, I think I, I know they'll be just fine. Uh, I'm excited to see, you know, how they innovate that brand. I know there's been a couple of things trickling out on the franchising side with different uh, square footage models, uh, which I think is smart, um, you know, and obviously excited to kind of see how that goes from a digital standpoint as well. Yeah, yeah. I've been encouraging people to think more long term. If we could just get through like a, a year, right? Like the fitness industry itself will be crushing it. It doesn't matter if you're a mom and pop place or a large place like Gold Gym, but love, I'm a big Gold Gym fan myself. So um, what's the biggest thing that you would say you learned from being a multi-unit director overseeing really not only sales, right, but operations? And now mm-hmm. your scope is like specifically group fitness, which I argue really is one of the most important factors in making or breaking a membership, right? Like your group fitness program within your gym can make or break a membership. Would you agree with that or disagree? Yeah, I would absolutely agree that it, it plays a big piece to the entire puzzle uh, and sometimes could be, you know, a huge impactor um, across the business and a lot of different uh, P&L driving numbers, right? You see it there. So I think when you, to step back with that question, um, you know, my, my initial answer is in a multi-unit role, uh, culture of people are the most important thing, I think is what I've learned. Um, you know, obviously having the right people on your team, take, taking care of your people first, developing the right culture. Um, it obviously, you know, impacts your members and the experience that your, your team uh, provides for them. Uh, and that's where group fitness, as you mentioned, it's, it's powerful because it is that, that, that physical connection, that interaction. You know, I think we're tribal by nature. Um, we obviously desire that type of communication and, uh, we also, in the exercise space, we desire assistance um, and we desire a sense of community. And I think a group exercise, it provides you so many different elements um, that allow people to ultimately be successful and uh, most importantly, consistent when it comes to exercise. As you and I know, that I think the number one uh, thing when it comes to exercise for success is just be consistent. That's it. Uh, so as we get into specifically what Les Mills does really well, and then we relate it back to like, how are you guys adapting to not only, you know, pre, pre and during COVID, but now we're starting to see some gyms open. So, uh, you know, I've been fortunate to be a part of Les Mills for a short period of time. And I got to say, my first ever really understanding of what Les Mills does as a company was, was what we call Les Mills Live, right? So could you explain what a Les Mills Live event is? Because I would not do it justice. And it literally probably to this day is one of the most exciting events I have ever gone to in my entire 30-year career in the fitness industry. What is a Les Mills event, a live event? Paint the picture. Yeah. Goodness. Um, that's funny. So stepping back on that is your first Les Mills live experience was also my first Les Mills ah. live experience. Um, so yeah, it was eye-opening, right? Um, so obviously, you know, Les Mills um, as an organization, you know, we're a global uh, company. We're uh, you know, we, we have over 130,000 instructors, part of our tribe, wow. uh, over 20,000 clubs uh, globally that's part of our tribe and our partnership. When you start looking at that in the U.S., we have about 4,000 club partners and 30,000 uh, instructor in our instructor tribe. So really, uh, the reason I say that first is what Les Mills Live is. It's an event uh, for really to showcase Les Mills. Uh, our programming, our new programs um, that we're obviously rolling out, as well as our 
program designers uh, and our top level trainers, uh, which we call them CAP team members. Um, so we have about 200 uh, that are part of that team and they're really the elite of the elite when it comes to uh, you know, motivating uh, attendees and obviously instructing less and less programs. So, you know, what we have the opportunity to do is put together basically a workout concert, right, Corey? I think when you look at the AV setup, uh, the sound, it's a concert. The reality is a concert, but it's more powerful to me. Um, you know, I think the most powerful thing that I got to see is, you know, obviously we're showcasing all of our formats uh, in a multitude of different areas throughout wherever we're holding it. Um, last year was at Anaheim which was FitBiz Live, so we paired it up. Um, we had, you know, smaller conference rooms where we were doing some cycle formats, our, our trip, RPM sprint, but we had a huge ballroom uh, that allowed us to accommodate over a thousand attendees at one time. So I'd say the most powerful thing for me to ever see when it comes to fitness was watching a thousand people do body pump together and a thousand people to do body combat together. Uh, in a concert AV lighting setting was absolutely un unbelievable. Yeah, I, I think what comes to mind, I remember going back into like the green room where everyone's getting changed and all the instructors <laughs> are there. And there's a, there's a playlist, like a set list of what classes they're doing. It's about yeah. 10, 11, 12 classes for the entire day. Every class, it said like 976 people reserved, 1,134 yeah. reserved. And I'm like, how are you, like 1,100 people going to take this class? And literally when they open the doors, <laughs> it is a fight for positioning, right? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So, so being on the business side of it, um, you know, I got the privilege to be kind of like a roadie, right? So as you said, we were backstage, uh, obviously helping out the talent, which would be our, our top team members, getting ready to, to put on the, the great event. Uh, but also checking badges, setting up equipment, um, helping attendees get into the right spot. So yeah, it's 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 uh, it's an experience uh, none other. But yeah, it's it's the probably the biggest fitness concert uh, that you ever get to go to, and and something that I think today still gives me goosebumps to think about uh, because it just it resonates with the power of what we do. Yeah, and, uh, and I and think that. I, I think something I, I also love about what you guys do is. Um, which I think is pretty understated for a lot of not only facilities, but, but people is some of the equipment you guys put out. I mean, smart tech equipment. Mm -hmm. um, so when, when you mentioned setting up equipment, I, I remember like it was yesterday, staying up until four in the morning, <laughs> you know, putting out a thousand areas of equipment for a thousand people to take a class with because you import all of your equipment for that one day. Um, so talk to me a little bit about the smart tech equipment. And then what I want to do is sort of pivot to, but I think what you guys do amazing, which is something that I think a lot of companies had to sort of get up to speed with, which is your virtual platform. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and your app and all the things you do there, especially, you know, with COVID going on, but talk to me a little bit about your equipment. Um, you know, what, what's behind that, what the research is behind that and what your thoughts are and how is that being, you know, received by the, uh, by the industry? Yeah, so, so obviously as Les Mills, uh, we've designed, and we've always really been in the equipment game. Um, so we've obviously provided equipment specifically for group exercise classes. As you know, you know the way that classes go with um, you know, barbells and plates, um, there's specific transitions that happen. Um, so, so you typically can't go with the, the standard offerings off the gym floor. There's specifically designed equipment. So we've been in that game for forever. Uh, we've actually you know, recognize the importance of equipment, it's maybe about almost a decade. So, so obviously we, uh, as Les Mills, we've, we've been in the equipment uh, game for, for quite some time. Uh, and really the whole thing, when you look at equipment of understanding, you know, how it affects the experience, 
so one of the biggest impactful stats that I can share with you and obviously the audience listening today, uh, when you look at why someone decides to join a facility and potentially why they would cancel, uh, specifically around group exercise, 50% of the reason why they join is the quality of equipment. 50% of the reason that they would quit is because of the quality of equipment. So we've learned that, gosh, if it's 50% that's going to impact someone's experience, then we need to create equipment that's going to elevate that experience. Uh, and I think one thing that we recognize when it comes to equipment is you have new, new users, um, new joiners, right? Yeah. We have new entries in the fitness. These are people taking a class for the first time. The reality is there's an intimidation factor to that. When you enhance that intimidation by making the transitions of moving from exercise to exercise because the equipment's difficult to take off um, and they fall even further behind in the class, that could create an experience that that attendee may never want to come back to. So, you know, what we've done with our equipment, like I said, we've been in the game. The barbell plates have been what we've always done. Uh, about seven years ago, we evolved that to create uh, a brand called Smart Tech, where we've created a, a unique design clamping system that allows for, you know, one shot pop on and off. Uh, so that transition of changing your weight plates in between exercises is very smooth uh, and allows you to build confidence. Um, and also all of our weight plates dub as dumbbells. Um, so it creates a, you know, all in the box system that also allows you really sleek design, uh, reduces your storage footprint by over 20%. Uh, which is really fantastic because obviously when you talk about group fitness, it's all about attendance. So look, if you're reducing your footprint equipment, that means we got more bodies in the room that can take your class and, and have a great experience. So uh, that's really what we've done there. You know, we've obviously created some rubber coating uh, around the equipment. We've really taken it to a next level. And I think at the end of the day, when you pull back on it, um, you know, you look at, at three big drivers when it comes to group exercise, the program, the instructor, obviously the time slot, but then the biggest enhancers are your studio design and your equipment. So really to create a full rounded experience when you have the right program, the right instructor and the right time slot, the only thing that could lose it for you is not having the right studio design and equipment. So when you pair all that together, it creates a lights out, you know, premium level experience that, you know, your members not only love, um, but they desire repeating and coming back to your facility, which is really what we're all about. So, so give the audience a, a good example. Pre-COVID, what would be a normal month in sales for smart tech equipment? And then when COVID hit, what did you guys do in a typical month? Um, yeah, I think, you know, when you look at the fitness equipment uh, COVID situation, I think, you know, obviously that's one bright shining spot that a lot of companies can say has been good, right? From the standpoint of, you know, I think our equipment, in essence have been, you know, a little bit increased obviously, but I think where it's come from, the purchases have been significantly different, right? So when you look at our company, we have two channels of equipment sales. We obviously have B2C, which obviously uh, direct to consumer, uh, you know, single sets, uh, people doing, you know, exercise at home, our instructors. Um, and then two would be B2B, obviously our club partners, as I mentioned, we have 20,000. So typically our club partners are, are you know, dominate the, the line of revenue uh, where that's really flipped with COVID. Obviously, you know, the, the two to three months that we were in this pandemic and clubs were shut down, we obviously had a significant increase. And when I say significant, I'd probably say, you know, seven, seven times what we'd normally see from the consumer seven, side of it. Seven times. Yeah. Yeah. You know, talk, talking to other, um, you know, industry equipment sales uh, organizations, you know, that's been pretty consistent across the board. Uh, you know, which is great. And we've all, we've all, we've all in a sense celebrated that, but, you know, we also 
know that our business will and always be about the clubs. So we still look to continue to support them. But um, I would actually tell you coming out of COVID as we've had, you know, the majority of states reopening, uh, there's been some top level brands that, you know, were positioned extremely well prior to COVID um, that now, you know, one of the things that they're doing is they're seeing an opportunity. Um, so, you know, one of those things that they do uh, is reinvest into the brand at this time. So we are seeing, you know, a significant uh, interest level in equipment because everyone's looking for that edge to, you know, increase uh, the level of their experience that they're creating for their members. And then I would say that the second big pillar you guys do well is, especially with, with speaking of COVID, is your virtual platform, which is totally built out prior to this, whereas a lot of brands had to pivot, right, and sort of create one. Yours was amazing prior to. So how was that transitioning to, I'm assuming a lot more of your customers were wanting access to uh, Les Mills On Demand? Yeah. So, you know, we actually really Corey, have, have two, two virtual platforms in a sense, right? Um, so I know you're mentioning our Les Mills On Demand. So our Les Mills On Demand is our consumer app um, that you can obviously, you know, leverage through any app system. It can also be done, you know, on your phone, uh, on any browser-based system as well. So that's our Les Mills On Demand site. What that is, is it has all 13 of our formats. Uh, it even has all of our kids programming born to move, uh, ages 2 to 16. Um, we have almost a thousand different workouts on that app uh, that that attendees and subscription um, owners can obviously utilize uh, and obviously can do that wherever they would like. There's some really cool things about that is, you know, obviously you can stream it or you can download it to take it to take it for later. So there's some really cool stuff. But yeah, as you mentioned, that's been out there for, for a couple of years. Uh, really, the, the reason that was designed was to, you know, we always talk about the first call to action, Corey, right? In the fitness game, first call to, after, right. first call to action. The first call to action for, for a lot of fitness enthusiasts when they're thinking about exercise, they start something at home, right? Isn't it when you, you know, selling gym memberships and taking you back to your, to your gym days, uh, you know, usually people are like, oh, I've been doing this at home. So I think the, the lesson was on demand was really to get people that first call to action to start exercising. Because when you look at Les Mills, uh, you know, one of, our, one of our core values and one of the things that we look to do um, is obviously changed the world. And we obviously want to do that through the vehicle of, of exercise and specifically group fitness. So how do we get people exercising and off the couch? That was really what that technology was designed for. And then second is it's going to start steering those users to clubs that utilize Les Mills programming. So it's a way to obviously drive new users uh, into health clubs um, to obviously experience that in a live setting, which we know is the pinnacle of it. Um, so that's our Les Mills on demand. So, so that's been there. Um, we've also, and I'll continue to speak on that, but just to mention the second one is we, we also do virtual programming inside of clubs. So, you know, as an operator, um, you know, there's going to be challenges when it comes to group exercise offering from maybe a labor management standpoint, um, you know, maybe, you know, attendance standpoint doesn't justify that labor. Um, it allows operators to be more device, uh, diverse in their offerings. So we actually have all of our content available in a virtual setting that clubs can create and obviously house in their, their four wall facility inside their studios to complement their live. Uh, and we've actually been doing that for quite a few amount of years. Um, and we've seen significant success uh, when clubs do that uh, from them being able to operate more efficiently, obviously attract more users and cater to uh, more fitness enthusiasts um, when it comes to those looking to seek out uh, a class. And I can speak about a lot of statistics around that. So, um, you know, those are the two ways that we do virtual, but I know you were asking mostly about Les Mills on demand. Uh, yeah, that's one of the big tools that we've leveraged and allowed clubs to leverage. Uh, we actually, 
have a program called the affiliate program. So our club partners are able to leverage that less meals on demand technology uh, and provide that to their members uh, during the COVID time. Cause we knew uh, going into the, the club closures, one of the most important things for club operators to do is to communicate to their members effectively and consistently, as well as provide them offerings for them to stay exercising at home because it would provide them the best opportunity to get back to the club when they reopen. So if you can do that with the programs that they already know and love inside of your four walls, we knew that that was going to be most successful. So absolutely, we had a a significant number of of club partners leverage that technology. Um, We've actually offered that technology to all of our club partners. Um, So I think, you know, when we look at that, uh, it was a way to best serve them and allow them to serve their members during this difficult time. So yeah, it's been, it's been great to have that technology ready to go. Yeah. One of, one of the things I love about what Les Mills does is the research behind a lot of the, what, what makes decisions there as a company. And, you know, I've had so many talks with owners um, when I'm giving advice and recommendations and, some owners always freak out about the at-home technology. Is that going to cannibalize my membership? In st- Nothing beats an in-club, in-studio experience. Let's just get that out of the way now, right? What, what, what those at-home apps do, it actually helps increase membership. Would you agree? 100%. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's, it's just that simple. You're catering to people that either are intimidated to walk into a club for the first time, so it allows you to become familiar with the brand and then walk in, or people that don't have time. Yeah, I think the, yeah, a hundred percent, Corey, you're spot on with it. And I think, you know, when I have these conversations and I listen, because uh, I, I try to do a good job of listening and understanding uh, of what the thought process is. And I would call it the, the old operator mindset, right? If it's not in your club, it's competition. Uh, and, and the reality is that's, that's false because anything that's getting people to exercise is benefiting your business because your biggest competition is sedentary lifestyle. Right. So I think when you really boil it down and I think we're going to have we already have some great data and I'd love to share uh, some of the stuff today with you, Corey. But I would actually anticipate a significant amount of more data coming out just because of the, the clubs uh, and the industry really, you know, fastly evolving to add this digital uh, solution. Uh, I think what we find is that someone that's exercising via an app um, at home and also has a brick and mortar gym membership you would typically find that member working out at your facility more frequently than those that are not doing gym-like activities at home through an app. That's, that's what the data is already telling us. God, so, I love data. I love data. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And look, the reality it. also, Corey, here's, here's the thing that I can say is you mentioned it. Group exercise specifically, I would say exercise in general in a group setting or even a training, there's, there's no substitute for the live thing. We're talking about complementary um, technologies. Yep. So we're not, we're, not, we're not taking away the, the brick and mortar. There's always going to be a desire to that. I have a phenomenal gym in my garage. I have lessons on demand on a 50-inch TV. I have smart tech. But the reality is I still love going to my gyms. I still love exercising there. I still love doing group exercises classes in person. There is no substitute for that. Uh, and I know we hear that all the time um, throughout, throughout you know, our conversations that we have. Um, you know, but, you know, when you look at the app usage, it's typically one to two times a week. So it really aligns us to say, look, it absolutely is complimentary. It's, it's obviously adding that additional workout. So think about it. We know, Corey, obviously one of the, the biggest metrics for retention uh, that you look at in industry is frequency of check-ins, frequencies of members utilizing your facility. And the reality if you know, that sweet spot we always talk about is two times a week plus. You know, if you can get someone in your club, you know, one and a half times per week, 
Um, and then you can get them working out at home through a technology that stirs back to your club an additional one to two times per week. You're now, you know, in that two and a half to three times a week, uh, they're going to stay a member of you for forever. It's, it's really what the data tells us. So I challenge a lot of people to think, you know, if you have something that's an extension of your brand uh, that you're serving your members outside of your four walls and they're utilizing that on a weekly basis, man, that's a, that's a, that's a check-in. That's a virtual check-in that's going to, you know, allow you to, you know, be more competitive in this space moving forward. And it's yeah, probably mandatory. Yeah, I agree. Let's, let's, so let's talk about the state of group fitness now coming out of COVID, right? So that's what it's all about, right? So we're seeing gyms reopen. So talk to me a little bit about now what has Les Mills done to prepare for that? And where do you just see the state uh, of group fitness, um, you know, in three to six months? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when you first look at it, and there's a few different ways to look at it, and there's a few different ways that you should be going about it, right, when you evaluate your business and how you're operating. But I think first and foremost, when you're able to open up your club, uh, the first thing that you need to abide by is what the, the restrictions are in place, right? So that varies, you know, state to state, it even varies county to county uh, that we're seeing. So number one there, I would see the the com the most common thing that we're seeing is reduced capacity, right? I think everyone's experiencing that with social distancing. So you're probably somewhere around 25 to 50% capacity inside of your studios. Uh, so I'll speak specifically on that. What we've done as a best practice is obviously um, cleanliness is most important uh, right now. Um, so there's obviously CDC requirements that you should be abiding by. Signage, I'd say optics are gonna be a big piece of this. So how do you, how do, you do that in your facility? Um, you know, what we've done as a company with Les Mills is uh, we've actually provided signage, uh, a full branding kit as we offer branding to all of our partners, queries I know you're familiar with and any of our partners are listening are familiar with, but we've actually provided branding when it comes to disinfecting and cleaning. So, so we try to, we try to provide everything to our club partners that we can. So we've done that as well as, you know, a full uh, club reset um, when it comes to, you know, how to reopen success, but obviously that's number one. So one of the things that we've recommended and we've seen, work with success is, is clubs taping off their group fitness studios so that it's, you know, obviously social distancing already there. So, you know, either eight by eight square, 10 by 10 square, whatever your restrictions uh, and capacity are, are forcing you to do. Um, and, you know, what we've seen there is, you know, creating some sort of wait list through technology, some sort of sign up uh, through technology has been successful, but you know, your most engaged members, even here at COVID, have been the ones that are most commonly coming back. So the good thing about group exercise is they're typically your most engaged members. Um, and we're actually seeing them come back faster um, than any other segment inside of a gym, you know, before access, cardio strength, uh, and obviously the other activities like one-on-one -on -one training uh, and even maybe some smaller group training. Uh, so we are seeing that bounce back. I think the only restrictions right now is going to be uh, – you know, obviously capacity, but we've had a lot of operators get very creative. Uh, we got gym floors, we got, you know, much bigger spaces that, you know, clubs are now using that as group exercise. Yeah. So, you know, it's allowing them to now continue to offer the same amount of capacity as they were offering in the group exercise studio now, uh, because they're able to space people out. Uh, people are doing things in their parking lots. Maybe they have a, a turf section of their facility. So they're getting creative by finding spaces within their facility that allow more square footage and allow them to continue to serve, you know, the, the amount of people and the amount of members that are looking to obviously take those programs. So we've seen that to be very successful from an in-club. Uh, what I would also recommend and what I also see is ultimately successful is for those clubs uh, that did participate uh, in live streaming, which we were 
big proponents of, of offering some live streaming throughout this process. Because, uh, look, we know we talked about less meals on demand, uh, so that would be the, the trifecta. So some sort of app solution that members can do at their own convenience, which would be like less meals on demand. But live streaming is also because as we're talking about taking body pump, you know, on less meals on demand, you know, there's also that connection to your favorite instructor at your club. So look, I, I love body pump. I love taking it with, with Kylie online on, on, on lessons on demand, but there's something about taking it with my favorite instructor, Corey. Um, so obviously sure. being able to do that through live streaming. Uh, so we've definitely recommended at clubs uh, that they can obviously continue with their live streaming efforts, uh, continue to offer lessons on demand because the reality of personal choice is still there. Just because your club's open doesn't mean that all of your members are ready to come back. We've actually seen, you know, 65 to 85% of members come back, come back within the first 30 days. Uh, what also those reports are saying is that there's still another, you know, 30%, uh, 20% that, you know, potentially is going to take them 90 days to come back. So the reason why we're recommending live streaming app usage um, is that we want to cater and provide those offerings to every member, regardless of their personal choices. So yes, we have brick and mortar come back in the club. We've done everything we need to do to create a safe and, and sanitary uh, environment. But we're also, you know, if you're, you're not comfortable yet and you want to continue online or continue at home, absolutely, we're still going to continue to provide those services uh, in the meantime. So I'd recommend going at it with a three-tier approach. So obviously live in club, um, if you have virtual technologies uh, in your club today and tomorrow will be the best time to continue to use those, right? Because it also allows you to offer, you know, two to three to four times the amount of live classes in a virtual setting. Um, and you got a lot of people right now that, you can now still serve all your members with limited capacity just by offering, uh, you know, more time slots that are not contingent potentially maybe on labor where you have a fixed cost when it comes to virtual. And then absolutely, uh, we do see, you know, live streaming is a, a huge option. Uh, and we've actually have done some things internally uh, to create live streaming formats specifically around royalty free music. That was one of the big things that we came out with. Um, outside of our lessons on demand is obviously, you know, one of the big things, Corey, that we do as a company is we, we work with, uh, you know, obviously we're the biggest licensee of music. So the challenge is there when you go to live streaming is royalty rights. Um, so that limits what we can offer in a live streaming, but we developed uh, over 20 different classes uh, that instructors were able to leverage and utilize for live streaming. And we're actually looking to evolve that and develop that with some, some new updates probably coming beginning of, of July with some new updates. Cause we almost look at that and say, Hey, that could be a, a part of the new norm. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree. Um, so where can people get a hold of you, Mario, if they have questions about your virtual platform, your smart tech, where can I find a club that has less mills, uh, anything and everything less mills, where can they get a hold of you? Yeah, everything and everything Less Mills, I'd obviously, number one, direct you to the website. Um, so it's just lessmills.com. Um, we're going to have a multitude of different things on there that you can look through from instructor education, instructor trainings, programs, virtual solutions. Um, you know, and if you're a club operator listening today, uh, we have a whole hub underneath other clubs and facilities, and we have a full reset program in there. So tons of information uh, you can learn. I call them learnings from around the globe. Obviously, this is this is a global pandemic. Uh, we've had countries open up sooner than the U.S., so we've we've leveraged what they've utilized. We've leveraged what you know early adopters here in the U.S. have learned, um, you know, and even maybe what some things we talk about 
fell fell fast. Uh, even you know some of the things that have been tried that, that maybe didn't work. So hopefully it gives you some foundations to you know open and operate safe effectively uh, for your members. So I, I definitely steer you towards a website there. If you're looking to connect with me personally, yeah, I, I would love that that opportunity. Um, obviously, best way would be by by email. I'm sure Corey can post a link to my email because yep. uh, like I got that email. long that long name. I don't want to yeah. bog anyone down with it, but uh, <laughs> it would just be my name, Mario.Tarquinio@lessmills.com. Uh, love to connect. Love to learn about your business uh, and anything that I can help from an insight standpoint. Love to do so. Mario, as always, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for being part of the Rep It Up podcast. Go Cowboys, and I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Corey.